1: And podcasts. Whatever you love,
0: hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.
2: Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Lift off. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission
0: to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast.
1: Here's DA. Welcome inside the PGP, the show about the show, the show within the show, the Permission Granted Podcast. We pull the curtain back and take you inside the mothership, and there's multiple ways you can download this and listen to this. You can do so by going to the normal DA Show iTunes feed or podcast feed, however you do get that podcast, and just search PGP within it because every single week we post it there. But it also is available on its own podcast feed. So if you go to your favorite podcast platform, just search Permission Granted or PGP. You should be able to find us. And when you do, please rate and review it. That helps other people find it higher in their search terms. That will help other people like you find it easier as well. So Mraz joins me, and it is here. The 12 DAs of Christmas is here. You have given us the master list. Also this year, you gave us clips of all of the, the submissions, and our homework over the weekend was to listen to the clips and vote on the clips. And vote, of course, give, us, give your top 12 And then first four out, I also added my submissions for Stuck in the Chimney, which are just little short bumps back from break, little rejoins that we also play. So the results are in. You have tallied them. What was your early impressions of getting the ballots?
2: Well, I, my early impressions were way more parity this year in terms of deep analytical voting than in past years. In past years, we seemed to have a pretty consensus one through three. You kind of knew who would be number one. This year, that was not the case at all. In fact, just from looking at it, there was only one, oh, I'm sorry, one of uh, two people had something voted number one and the other three didn't, and then another two people had something voted number one and then the other three didn't. And, you know, the numbers are basically all over the place. People had stuff in the top five that others had completely out of their top 12. So this was actually a really hard number-crunching years to try to get down to the consensus 12. This, This voting was all over the place, which I guess, hey, another part of 2020, everything was all over the place this year.
1: There was a lot of really good candidates at the top unlike maybe other years where there was a clear cut number one and everybody went with number one and then everything else shuffled around it. There was no clear cut number one. Although I thought that there was five or six, unlike other years that could have been a number one. And I think they all would have been strong. Number ones. I don't think that once I got to like, I was ranking them as I listened to them and I was moving them up and down in my list. And, there was a couple of times where i was i had something at 3 or 4 and i was like wow i don't want to move it down but i got to move it down and then there was something at 5 and i was like well this can't be outside of the top 5 and then i heard something else that said ah oh, i got to push out of the top 5 so i was impressed by the quality of like the top 4 or 5 yeah clips that we had
2: it, it's deep. It kind of reminded me of an NCAA tournament where any one of those top seeds, obviously, you think could end up in the Final Four cutting down the nets, and they all have to be separated a bit. So I don't know your philosophy, and you know I really geek out over the 12 DAs every year. I kind of look at it as like a little pet project, and I love I love looking back. I love the remember when. So that, to me, my favorite time of the year is when we do the 12 DAs. Anyway... What I generally do, and I did this again this time, is I looked at every candidate. I actually wrote them down on a piece of paper instead of just scanning, basically out looked on the computer. And I said, all right, off the top of my head before I listen, what can't you tell the history of the DA show this year in 2020 without having on there? So I wanted to circle those because I wanted that. And then from that point, I went back and listened to everything and was able to rank it. So I kind of, before I even listened to everything, wanted to know, because I, I also think that's an important element. It's not just listening back, but... What do you remember fondly about this year from the show to make sure that it reminds you that even when you're listening, maybe it's not as funny, but it sticks out as memorable. And I think that's the way I kind of try to combine the two thought processes with the 12 DAs.
1: So I don't want to give away the list here or your ranking specifically, but what were some of the clips that you felt defined the season that we could not tell the story of 2020 of the DA show without X clips,
2: uh, well, okay. I mean, so I could give away the candidates without telling where they fell. Yeah. Like some of those. Yeah. Well, Cause you I, had
1: a handful of those problems.
2: Right. Yes, exactly. I, I think the SAT drama that came around to me, you can't, you can't tell a story. That was anger. That was me wowing people. Then there was controversy. That was you know basically a two week long thing to me. The SATs, which seemed like a different year because that was when we were still in studio I don't think you could look back and not... That probably is if we did a 10-year anniversary show, we would look back at the SAT controversy. So to me, that had to be in there. Uh, I think also the idea of the Patriots' funeral had to be included there because we had a, a, a seance, basically, in studio with all of that. So right off the bat, those two had to be a part of it. And then to me... I also looked at Mothership at the Movies because it was such a big part of getting us through. Is there a Mothership at the Movies candidate? Because that huh. has to tell the story of the year. So I made sure I had to include something on that because that was such a big part, a focal point of the year. Good and point. then my other thing would be something that I continuously laugh at randomly. I could be in the shower. I could be taking the dog for a walk. And then that is the idea that Peter Schwartz went to the vet when he was <laughs> injured. So, <laughs> just, I mean, I'm not telling you where I ranked those. Those don't even necessarily mean in my top five. To me, those four... Four items had to be included somewhere on my list personally, even before I re-listened because I rem- you know, those are moments you're always going to remember as part of the DA show.
1: That's interesting. I definitely agree with you on the SAT controversy. I think even though that happened so early, that was January, I believe.
2: Right, because I was paying off the bet that we're still doing now with Super Dave and, and the picks and all of that.
1: Even so though that season. was so long ago, nearly 12 months ago, 10 and a half months ago or so, it was so memorable because of you losing the bet because of having Chicken Pesto Lady be your proctor because of you taking the test amidst Oliver Luck coming <laughs> in. Actually, I guess it was February because that was around Valentine's Day, right? And just ahead
2: of the XFL launch,
1: me grading it, mistakenly giving you the eleven ten, you crowing that I'm gonna be, you're, we're gonna call you Mister Eleven Ten, bogus unloading on me for misgrading it. I mean, there was so much wrapped up into that. There was so much wrapped up in that, that. It's hard to tell the story. You're right without that. I also thought the Patriots' funeral told the story of the DA shows 2020 because we love to bag on the path so much, and that was a full-fledged funeral that we put to bed the dynasty and the Patriots are so bad right now that it really looks prophetic had they gone twelve and four this year, and they were awesome, it it wouldn't be as effective as right. a, a bit. But it was last year, which was amazing. And then I think the other, the other storyline that we could have never planned was the Sean Forrest twist. Yeah this this Wario character, the evil version of you that was running roughshod around Long Island and and ruining your reputation in your mind behind the scenes, I don't think we could have ever planned for how much speed that thing took off with. And again, I don't know how we tell the story of 2020 with, without that. And then fourthly, if this is my Mount Rushmore, no question, the Schwartz vet story is one in a million because it, it only happens because we have access to Vince Quinn. And Vince was a brand new weekend overnight guy that had just been hired January one, basically. And to our company Christmas party, which I don't even know if Schwartz usually goes to these things.
2: Oh, D.A., there's free food. He goes.
1: Has he been at all these before?
2: Yes. He is oh, part of okay. that, that group of people you see that you know that they're there for one reason, one reason only. They'll pay the forty dollars to get into the city as long as they can eat for free.
1: So that's how memorable my conversations are with Schwartz around <laughs> the company Christmas party. I don't <laughs> even remember him being there. So the fact that he, he gets off of a train subway downtown Manhattan, midtown Manhattan, to go to this place, trips falls busts open his hand on a little fence for make sure doggies don't wee wee on the trees Busts it open and in the middle of the night stumbles into a vet and the only way we know any of this is because brand new hire vince quinn witnessed it (laughs) and went with him to the vet (laughs) instead of going to the christmas party and then we found out about it it had vince on the show that was Gold. It was sent to us from the radio gods as gold. It will be the most ridiculous Peter Schwartz story ever, and that's saying something because he's a lifetime worth of ridiculous stories.
2: Right, and he's a bit of a punching bag on the show, and yes, maybe that could wear some people down, but this is the, like if you're going to talk about Peter Schwartz throughout the whole year, again, telling the whole history, how do you not go back to the moment he went to a vet to take care of animals to patch up his hand because he thought, well, they do medical stuff there. Like that is cartoonish. That is a, it's a Kevin James movie. I mean, that is stuff that only you see on TV and you laugh out loud because how ridiculous it is. And it happened in real life to somebody who used to be a part of the show. It has to be in the 12 DAs. It has to,
1: (laughs) it has to, it has to. to. And so, One other thing that I thought came up from the the 12 DAs was this was a year that we got a lot of behind the scenes of your life and your origin story. Yeah. Of course, you've been a big character and a personality on the show and a punchline for many years. But this year we had your mom call into the show. I think this was around you taking the SATs. We also had the story that, again, I don't know how we stumbled upon this gold. I had never known this. Eight years working with you, that your mom farted at a wedding and (laughs) blamed it on you. Ah! And it was a scarring (laughs) experience in your life. I had no idea. Then we had the Sean Forash Behind the scenes of West Babylon, a guy that you felt from your past was trying to steal your identity. And then we had the guy that beat you for most likely to be a talk show host from your high, high school senior yearbook who joined us on the show as well. We found so many new things about your, your development into morass.
2: Boy, I never really thought about it until you just ran it down. I don't know if that's a combination of, you know, us having to retreat and work from home. There's a lot more reflection in life in 2020. <laughs> Whatever combination of things developed, you're right, there is, it was like I wrote a biography throughout these last 12 months <laughs> and several candidates end up in the 12 days. And on that wedding fart point, you know, it is such <laughs> a funny story, but it's something that's obviously haunted me and it's been a big part of, my life and my mom's life and everything like that. You know, everybody was ranking that pretty good. And I have to be honest, when I was going through the 12 days and I went back and I looked at my rankings compared to everybody else's, not to reveal anything, I think I maybe undersold the wedding fart a little bit because subconsciously I'm still trying to protect my mother and that fart (laughs) because I don't think I had it as high as some of the other guys or maybe that hurt it a little bit. And I, and I, I remember thinking about it, looking back at it last night and going, huh, did I not rank the wedding far harder because I'm still (laughs) under protection here?
1: You know what didn't even get a lot of run, and it was such a stacked year, but I think it'll get some run maybe in the first four out, was when you went on strike for a day.
2: Oh, great point.
1: (laughs) Now, that led to Anthony Pierno trashing you as we did the interviews for producers that wanted your job in the wake of you striking, but... In terms of the strike itself, it happened It happened back in January, but I don't know if it'll make the top 12.
2: Yeah, it's a good point, and I think what hurts the strike itself is that you don't actually get me on the air really talking about the strike because I'm, I'm striking. So while it's a memorable moment, I don't know that it plays as a 12, top 12 audio moment, if that makes any sense. It was more mm-hmm. visual with picket signs and everything else that day <laughs> on the street. And that was all over you guys not apologizing at the, the Astros cheating. I mean, what the heck happened this year? It has been a long year.
1: Another thing that happened that we're not even going to probably immortalize the 12 DAs is you losing the Yankees-Indians bet and having to <laughs> tweet nice things about the Rays and having the oh. Rays cap and jersey as your avatar. You know, that's not an on-air thing necessarily, but that also defined, I think, 2020 as well for the show. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Me having to go through all of that, you guys getting mad at me about loopholes. Man, that is another forgotten moment. This year is so unbelievably loaded. And to me, see, you're bringing up all these other things. I think another thing that didn't get a lot of love, just having a little conversation we volley here, Badlands Booker admitted to eating a whole Admiral's Feast. I mean, there are years... <laughs> A fat man on the show admits that, and it's got to be the number one twelve DA, and maybe that moment gets overshadowed a little bit. The man ate a whole feast and admitted to it.
1: Well, that Admiral's Feast bit will end up making the, t- the 12 DAs, and I've got good confidence it's going to be in like at least the top 10 and probably higher than that. So I don't know if it's completely overlooked, but we did have other – more memorable dominant moments where that gets slightly overshadowed and you know badlands joined us multiple times this year i mean his thanksgiving stuff just the other day was excellent as well but during pandemic remember this was the first event the first sporting event it was their eating challenge where they had like some type of weird marathon or olympics and eating olympics and so he joined us to talk about the eating Olympics or something like that, and then we got into his admiral's feast.
2: <laughs> yeah, that, but I'm telling you, there. I, I, I will, I'm not going to tell you who I voted number one. I thought about and I may have voted Booker number one, and I looked down at everybody else's and I said, man, am I the only one that found this as funny as it was? So it just shows you the palette of all five of us, including Andrew Kaplan, where we could go back and listen to stuff, and, and something sticks with somebody more than sticks with others. It, it really does create for a fun debate and list.
1: It's true. It's great. I mean, it's it's really great every year to do this, not only to laugh again, because I was I was just listening to all these clips and just laughing out loud. I'm, I'm alone in the living room with my laptop listening to these, and my wife is like, are you laughing? What are you laughing at? And I'm like, I'm just listening to all these clips for the 12 DAs. They are not only so funny to listen back on, but it's also fun to just relive what the year was like. And every year we do this, and this year was so weird because we're This was our first year on mornings. Doesn't it feel like we've been doing mornings forever?
2: Yeah, it does. It feels like I've done a year in mornings in the studio and a year in mornings at home. Meanwhile, it hasn't even been a full year total.
1: I keep thinking about how many years we've been in mornings. and I'm like, wow, this is the first year. So we began January 1 or January 2, whatever that was, doing the morning show. And we got through two and a half months. March, I end up going on my annual road trip to spring training. And during spring training, on that Wednesday that I land, I land on a Wednesday morning, by Wednesday night, Rudy Gobert tested positive Wednesday night. And it was like, oh, God, the NBA had canceled its entire season or postponed it by Thursday. And by Thursday... The Big East tournament was the only conference tournament still playing. And by Friday, every conference tournament was toast. The NCAA tournament was toast. Baseball's spring training. I was at baseball yep. spring training. The last game they would play, I was at. That was a Thursday. They canceled it the next day on Friday. Baseball paused. The NBA paused. The NHL paused. The NCAA tournament paused. I returned home on Monday or Sunday, and then we were on there Monday morning.
2: I was And I was on paternity when you returned. I wasn't even there for the last week at studio.
1: And it suddenly, the world had changed. Yeah. I had gone down on a Wednesday morning to watch baseball spring training. And by Sunday when I had returned, the world had changed. And Monday, I went into work to the studio. And I went into work, and I'm like, are we going to still be doing shows from the studio? And that day, management was like, nope. You're gonna go home with equipment, and we're telling all of our hosts to do shows from home. And I'm like, well, how is that gonna work? Where am I gonna plug this in? What's my studio gonna look like? What am I gonna do? That Monday, they basically it was like being a Ghostbuster. I went into the engineering room. They were handing out these Comrex units to all of the hosts, like we were getting a backpack and going off to war. I'm like, good luck. There's your war bag. And it was like, how do I set this up? how does this turn on? How do I reset this? How do I calibrate this? All of these things that I was going through a crash course after the show at like 11 AM. Okay. And you're out the door. And on Tuesday, I remember on Monday, I said goodbye to the, to the parking garage attendant. And these guys are so nice. They're so super nice. And, uh, the guy said, I'll see you tomorrow. I go, no, you're not going to see me tomorrow. <laughs> he goes, I'm not, a guy." going to, I don't think I'm coming back for a while. He goes, really? He goes, is that bad? I go, yeah, it's really bad. I said, I don't think you're going to see a lot of people from our office for a long time. That was March. I would have thought I would have seen him by late summer, early fall. Yeah. That ain't obvious. That didn't happen. It ain't going to happen. And now you fast forward. We had a life before pandemic in the mornings. Then we did three months without sports. (laughs) Think about from the moment we... Started pandemic shows, which was mid-March, we didn't have a sporting event until June.
2: Yeah, well, we had the NFL draft, if that counts, but
1: right, Well, we had NFL free agency right. We had the NFL draft. those so we were came. right Those were absolutely enormous, and that carried us. But we didn't have a sporting event to talk about until early June when golf came back, and then NASCAR came back, and then we remember in June, it was international soccer. So we started talking about Bundesliga, and then that was German, and then the English Premier League came back, and we had a little bit of that. But it was mainly like making jokes about it. You can't break down Bundesliga on there.
2: Right. I did the Sunday night soccer song, which is
1: on here. And then we finally got – think about this. We didn't really get sports back until mid-July when the NBA bubble restarted, and then – baseball started one of the last two weeks of July, and then hockey started. Yeah, and now mid-July
2: is, is generous, by the way. That was like July 28th.
1: So by, by late July, but we had went from late March to late July without anything to talk about. That's three to four months. Insane. Which is why we had to do Mother Shabbat the Movies every single week, and we devoted two segments and a permission granted podcast to a sports movie every single week. That's why we had this date of mothership history. So that at least once a show, we could talk about a historical moment on the show and, and, break each other's balls over it. And it's why we started doing things like, remember my favorite people in sports. Yeah. It was conversations with favorite media members that I have just conversations about sports and life and career. Then we had my favorite team ever. All of us picked out our favorite team from our youth and interviewed one of the players from that team. I mean, we were running gadget plays. We were like Taysom Hill. It was all right. gadget plays for three months. Right. Four months.
2: And at least we had Trash Tuesday because it got real agitated. People were angry. People were home all the time. It was, it was tough times for sure.
1: I mean, think about now that we're talking about last night there was a Buccaneers and Rams game. But think about all of April, all of May, all of june and half of july we didn't have a buccaneers rams game or anything of the like to to really no. break down
2: i and i hope that that has changed me forever because i don't know about uda and yeah part of it is we're working from home so it's a little bit easier but there there were nights of course in my past even during the middays where that ah, game stinks tonight i'm going to go to bed at halftime i have stayed up for every minute of these primetime games because i I know what the four months of sports was like not having it, and I don't want to miss a damn moment of it not knowing if it would ever be taken away again. So I I am fully appreciative of everything that we've had with some of these primetime games this year.
1: It's incredible. Now, I will say the strength of the show is we didn't really miss a beat because the show is not built on breaking down games <sighs> necessarily. It's built on our chemistry right. and our humor and and what we do every single day. So... I thought that the shows were all really solid shows. I mean, I remember thinking, like, how are we going to get through this show? And then coming out of it and being like, you know what? That was good. And how are we going to do this week? The first week in May, you're like, okay, it's another five days. We've got to get through four hours a day, and there is nothing going on. No sporting right. events. What do you do? But we had The Last Dance, which was huge, which was the That's documentary right. about Michael Jordan. We spent a lot of hours on that. Spent a lot of hours, remember, on Forgotten Classics, we took games that people had forgotten about and had the broadcasters or the, the guy that had taken part of that game and talked about them.
2: I was watching a lot of those.
1: Yep. So we found ways to get through it. We, we schemed it up. It was a Belichick. We schemed it up. But I thought the shows were always good. But that is the story of 2020, that we had to scheme it up for four months now. on this show. It's a long time.
2: Now leading to the next question. All of these moments represent happy, memorable, funny times. Did we drop the ball, not including you calling into me and Bogus that day where the world changed as a memorable, oh, my goodness, where are we are as a 12 DA?
1: Well, that's interesting. I, I thought about this because Cap wanted us to include when Charles Oakley and Chris Childs absolutely crushed the Knicks and Patrick Ewing. Right, And that was one of our most famous on-air moments. I mean, that got tons of run. It was in the newspapers, in the, the, the New York Daily News. It was in all over the internet. I mean, it was a huge, huge New York sports story that we created. And I was like, it doesn't fit the tenor of this because everything is I so agree. wacky, goofy, and laughy. So calling in that day, while incredibly memorable and, like, Definitely a milestone of the DA show. I didn't think it felt like a 12 DA. What do you think?
2: I agree with you wholeheartedly. I, I and I think that much like a Trash Tuesday I had two weeks ago, we have been reminded and pounded over the head enough about the severity and and awfulness that has gone on this year, and obviously it's led to a bunch of people arguing over what's the right thing to do, what's the wrong thing to do. That I think the 12 DAs has forever served as that laugh out loud enjoy the moment moment and i don't think that i think people are getting reminded of when the world changed enough that they don't need us doing that with a moment that they look forward to every year and every day and that's the 12 days to me
1: i wonder if maybe it's worth just putting together like a little one or two minute montage of just some of those clips from around then just as at the, the very end of the year like this was 2020 <laughs> I mean right. it, it had it all so, 12 days of Christmas, when does this begin?
2: Uh, so the first four out begin on Tuesday, December 1st. That is next week. We will come back. We will have a nice Monday recap in the NFL show. And then on that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you will get the first four out. We regroup, and I guess that's, what, December 7th or 8th, that next Monday coming back after week 14 of the NFL. You'll get into a 12-day stretch where it's the 12 DAs after that. So next week, first four out, 12 DAs to follow the weeks that lead after that.
1: I love it. 12 DAs are here. It's my favorite time of year. The list is amazing. I can't wait to see how it shakes out. I can't wait to see how the voting goes. I put in my vote, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy this. That starts up, coming up on Tuesday, as Mraz mentioned. And now for a side B, are we going to go back to Swing or a Miss? Or no, no, no. Another? We're
2: waiting another one. We're waiting. Okay. No, no. As you would say, no, 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 no. We're not doing okay. Swing or a Miss yet. Uh, I want to get into a little bit of Bogus Thanksgiving plans. It's a big week for us. I have some worries if I were to only do a Thanksgiving internally with just Danielle about eliminating foods. Bogish might have some of that. We go back and forth on that, plus his thoughts on the 12 DA. So a little Thanksgiving table setter, if you will, on Side B.
1: Excellent. And you're out on Wednesday, right?
2: I am. I am. I had uh, some days to burn. Originally, this was going to be a day I was going to help my dad put up some Christmas lights. I don't know if that's on the table, but yes, I am out Wednesday. I will be back in full force on Monday.
1: Which means we get Shep tomorrow. Shep on Wednesday morning.
2: It's a big spot. It's, I, I, I've i emailed Shep on Monday Because I had booked some guests for the show, and I know there's a lot of moving parts, and I know Shep can stress the heck out of Pete the Body. Heck, he stresses (laughs) the heck out of all of us. And I once again tried to simplify, because sometimes Shep likes to go the extra (laughs) ten steps to take one step. I tried to simplify everything Shep needs to do on one email. So I'm hoping I don't get a million text messages tomorrow (laughs) with somebody basically ready to throw Shep off a bridge.
1: I can't wait
2: it's it's gonna be a wild card that's for sure
1: hey guys it's just so great to work with you around the holidays i'm just really thankful that you guys will open up your doors to me and let me (laughs) be part of this da show family the chemistry is so amazing right around the holidays hey pete thank you for teaching me so much stuff about the board and da thank you for teaching me about hosting it is just so great to be around you guys
2: and, and on that and on that note of things that Shep's gonna have to track, I mean, a day where we have Super Dave and Shep involved in the same show <laughs> is wacky enough. Super Dave will be making his picks on Wednesday's show. Maybe you've already listened to this by the time he's made his picks. If you're looking for my picks, they will be in my column, so don't worry. It's not like Super Dave's getting three ahead. My picks will be out there, and I'll tweet them out as well.
1: Okay, very good. That is side A. What's your side B?
2: It is side B of the PGP on this Thanksgiving week. Gobbledy gobbledy gobble. Turkey is coming, but first is bogush. It's bogush, it's miraz, it's me, Miraz, and here is Bogish. It's side B of the PGP. Hello, Andrew.
0: Um, hi. Uh yes, we are arguably a bottom third appetizer for Thanksgiving dinner. Many That's more right. things are to have besides me and you, but we'll we'll still pull push through here.
2: That's right. I figured I'd go back to the howdy doody do here for the intro. Yeah you know pet people up people are excited this week it's to me in you know what's been a very you know sad year in so many ways this is you, you live for a good Thanksgiving dinner at least fat people like I do bogus so I' am fired up for it it is a happy happy week as far as I'm concerned to be able to enjoy all the food and the stuff that goes with it so let's just kick it off there before we get into any 12 da stuff. Your excitement level for a Thanksgiving dinner in terms of all-time dinners throughout the three hundred and sixty-five days a year.
0: Ooh, so yeah, this is I mean, this is the only only holiday. Well, the two of them. This is number one, clear number one, because it's the one that's surrounding food. Only Easter in my in my house has ham locked in as its meal. It's the only, these are the only two real meal specific mm. holidays. Everything else, um, you know what? My mommy met. I'm not mentioning St. Patrick's Day, corned beef and cabbage, Terrible Irish low. soda bread. So there's that as well. But that's a But give me turkey. Um, I mean, the cabbage is, is completely unnecessary. Corned beef's delicious. Yeah. Irish soda bread's delicious. I don't need cabbage. So we got that. So that's why that ends up number third. Then you give me an Easter ham. And then there's a jump. Like there's a jump atop the AFC, you know, everybody else, then the Chiefs and Steelers. Right. Get me up top. Chiefs plus Steelers are what turkey is for me.
2: Okay, so now we've had this debate. We did it last week on the show, and then we had, obviously, Badlands Booker on who didn't disappoint about the timing of Thanksgiving dinner. And you're an earlier bird kind of guy. Early bird takes the worm. You're saying you're eating around 230, something like that?
0: No, like four. See, because this is the problem sometimes, like when you and I go back and forth, is that I feel like we end up arguing – not the original point but like other specific the other day like you were like as i said on the air like you know you were calling people cowards and fake like you were going all over the place even though you have a unique thanksgiving because you throw in all of the italian heritage and your traditions there that most people don't have and that changes your entire thanksgiving dynamic but you wouldn't let anybody else changed their thanksgiving dynamic because of then it wasn't not. matching yours and therefore they were fake and frauds or whatever but like i do think in general that there is a too early to have your turkey now again my family eats about four whoever suggested with a tweet or a call who had the the actual turkey at lunchtime like around noon like that's can't, just too terrible early yeah i agree again it's not terrible but it's too early but like i'm but i still think that in my life in 40 years now The people I've come across, the Thanksgivings I've been invited to, I mean, my wife's family, um, girlfriends before hers family, like, no one, no one ate as late as you guys eat, like, no one had it at dinner time, like, you guys are having it, so you're, you're on a short list of people that I know that have Thanksgiving dinner, like, in darkness. Normally, we're like in a twilight, East Coast, well, 4, 4.30 kind of thing, but you're going full darkness for your Thanksgiving meal.
2: I've definitely eaten at 4, 4.30, specifically when I eat my wife's family, but to your point, never earlier than that. Now, you gather by, let's say, 2 o'clock. I believe the Thanksgiving mm-hmm. I'll be eating at is at 2 o'clock as well, and that's, you know, you, you pick at your appetizers and all that. So are you even doing appetizers, or is turkey the first thing you guys are eating at 4 o'clock?
0: So we've made the decision because— um, my dad is on the older side of things and has, some. Um, he's got COPD. So like, we got to be careful with him. And sure. then a lot of people, um, to so make it's just, like that this year. Yeah. it's just the four of us this year. So okay. I, we haven't really fully locked in every single menu item, but there will be things to snack on while I'm watching football. Everybody else is doing God knows what, and then we'll have a nice small Thanksgiving dinner.
2: Okay, so you're doing what a lot of obviously families are doing and what a lot of people recommend, uh, you know, health experts do, which is just going to be you your what your internal household is all that's going to be for Thanksgiving.
0: Yeah, we and and partly because Christmas in general is more significant in our minds, so we're trying to if we have to really bear down and do something really crazy and specific, like we're going to go all out to make sure we can do something safe for Christmas. So we're kind of punting on Thanksgiving now because it does. As great as it is, it's just a meal. Well, like, but like, I want my parents and 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 my mother in law like to see the kids open presents and whatnot. So totally, we're gonna go. We're gonna make the effort for Christmas, not for Thanksgiving.
2: Totally understandable. The other reason I bring that up is, see, I don't know how it works. You see, you're not a fat guy like me. But my fear, and uh, we're gonna be doing something with my aunt this year. It was Taylor's first Thanksgiving, so it's not nothing crazy. I would say there's probably gonna be anywhere between ten to twelve of us. Which is right around the cap that the governor of New York is looking to put it at. But anyway, my fear would be if I only did our household, and we did this for Easter this year. It was uh, just me, my wife, and obviously the baby who didn't really count at that point. And my wife basically was like, ah, it's only us, we'll scale back here. And like, I didn't get the full-blown, like, I need to pig out, like, be the pig on Easter Sunday that I usually am. And I, my fear would be if we just did that on Thanksgiving, she'd be like, okay, we don't need to make a whole turkey. Let's just make a turkey breast and choose one, stuffing or mashed potatoes because we don't need a- – like that would annoy me. And I, that, I don't think I would have a supportive wife to my fat needs on a holiday if it was just the internal. She would just be like, well, why do we need all this if it's just the two of us? So you think you guys will still have your normal, traditional, whatever you're usually eating with just the four of you?
0: Well no because we're not we actually had this conversation this morning in a commercial break like we're not making a turkey we're getting turkey breast See, and making it I'm out. so we're not getting it cuz the four of us and I, and I'm I'm the only one in my household right now that's actually full on excited for turkey like if don't we were you need having... the
2: imagery? Don't you need the imagery? Of those legs sticking up, isn't that part
0: no, of it? No, I just need the. I need the smell. I need some mashed potatoes. I need some gravy. I need the cranberry sauce in the can with the can imprint on the outside yeah, of it, like that. Yeah. That's. I need that. I don't. I don't need the visual of the bird. I just need to be able to taste it. So however, however it gets to me, I'm not going to complain.
2: Okay. All right. So interesting. So bogus is doing the one thing I would fear, and obviously, I think one of the cool parts about Thanksgiving and having all of you guys listening as listeners is, no matter where you are in a different country, all the different culture items we get, uh, you know, people living in different parts of the states what their favorite foods are. And there was a map that Andrew Kaplan, I believe, had tagged a bunch of us in it. Some of you listeners had chimed in on Twitter at MorassCBS and at Andrew Bogus, where there's many states where Jello Bogus. Is their top food on Thanksgiving, which I mean I guess it's out there for dessert. And you and I were both unbelievably blown away by it. I, I love Jello, and I think
0: Jello was a place on the dessert table. But for that to be your favorite Thanksgiving food, isn't that stunning? I mean, I don't, I still don't understand where that came from. Like, unless they're calling my cranberry shaky like tube of like whatever, Jello. it's not sauce. If they're calling that Jello, or are people serving actual Jello post. Thanksgiving like I don't I was completely baffled what? by that. Everything else made sense. Now I would disagree with the choice, but it was like something I knew was served right. at Thanksgiving, but, but to it be was your having favorite. jello. Right. right. And then then there's that too. Then it's your favorite, not just right. on your table. But I it's people's definitely- favorite.
2: Definitely been at Thanksgivings where Jello has hit the dessert table, where it's like, oh, okay, that's cool. But for it to jump up and be your favorite, and have several states—I believe it was Michigan, Wisconsin, Indiana, a lot of Midwest
0: and like mountain states, like yeah, the, the whole main, like middle, like top third of the country right. had it.
2: Yeah. So th- there was this map that went around. We were just we were looking at it, going back for the Twitter, and several of your listeners had chimed in, and, and Jello was a big part of it. Anyway, that is my long-winded way to tie this in. What what needs to be on your dessert table for Thanksgiving? Uh, apple pie. Okay.
0: Apple, pie, apple pie, and then anything else. A little else scoop is of vanilla great. ice cream, and I'm done.
2: Okay, and then, then everything else is gravy. I, I'm with you on an apple pie. We're very big in my family. We've always been big on the pudding pies, where it's the chocolate or vanilla. That's great. Uh, obviously, you know, the Italian style, we have the cannolis, the pastries. There's always a ton of, you know, random cookies and, st- you know, whatever. You fatten it out. But you're, I'm with you. Apple pie is a standard. I'm not a pumpkin pie guy. I don't think you really are either, if I remember correctly.
0: I mean, it's okay, and like, if it was there, I'd have like a sliver of it, but I wouldn't miss it if it wasn't. I'd, I'd miss apple pie.
2: Pumpkin pie is one of those things that always is on the table, and I feel like nobody ever touches it, but it's there because it's supposed to be an apple pie. I'm with you; it needs to be there. But I bring this up because all these people talking about jelly and their favorite foods. Our own Connor Green; it ain't easy being green. Now, the producer of Sunday Morning Football. Two years ago, I'm hosting a show on Thanksgiving, and we have a little food conversation like we're having now in the PGP. And he tells me his family; their big dessert: powdered donuts. Bogus. I mean, now that is delicious.
0: A That's the; del- those are they're delicious, but Thanksgiving dessert.
2: Apparently, there is a place near where Connor Green grew up or lives that does, you know, apple cider and donuts, and they bring that to their back to their Thanksgiving, and they do a warm apple cider, and they have these, like, specialty powdered donuts. And for two years, it is unbelievable. Connor Green could have all the work ethic in the world, do all these amazing things as a producer and employee, <laughs> and every time I look at Connor Green, all I think is – Wow, this idiot has powdered donuts on Thanksgiving. I can't, and every time Thanksgiving pops up and I have dessert, these two years that have passed since, I keep thinking Connor Green's family's eating donuts right now. Connor Green's family's eating donuts right now. I can't <laughs> shake it
0: because it's so off the wall and different. But at least it's a tradition because I, I do, I'm jealous of people who have things like that because my family is not really huge on um, things like that. And like, no, I don't come from a family of like, Cooks or bakers. My my dad's mom was a really good baker, but like and and a and a cook. But like I was, she passed away, when I was twenty, so I didn't necessarily understand like what I was what I was getting and what I was missing. And now that I think back, like we like, there's just not things that like that specific things that stand out. So even if it's powdered donuts, like f- thank God it's from a local place, and they're not going to Dunkin' or like get an entree as good as they are. Again, if you just open up the entree box on Thanksgiving, that might be dicey. At least this is. <laughs> This is a tradition, it's a local business. So I can get I can get around that. And it's something that they remember and they'll always remember, which is a good thing too, I guess. Well,
2: well clearly I'm never there and I always remember it. And I, I guess yeah. the, my <laughs> roundabout way of saying this is two years later I look back and I think Cotta is onto something. And it just brings up that well, as much as I was boasting about how I do it right and nobody else does it right. Look, everybody has their own Thanksgiving traditions from all different parts of the country, and I think that's really cool. I think that's a really cool part about Thanksgiving and the dinner and everything that brings it down, and it ties in sappily to my beginning here where I'm excited for this week, and I think a lot of people are. I think this is a good week of happiness, even if we have some dog football games. Now, before I let you go real quick, Bogish, we have more or less concluded our 12 days of Christmas voting, and it is some year, some crazy, crazy year, uh, full disclosure, we are taping this right now before we have taped side A. So I'd be lying to you if I told you that me and DA definitely talked about it. My assumption is we probably did, if you've already listened to that part. But it's been very difficult. Uh, I, as of now, this taping, we don't have exactly the finals. I have a rough idea of the list based on votes calculated. For you, Bogish, what was the hardest choice you had to make on the 12 days of Christmas? You don't have to say where you put it, uh, but more right. or less you know, a choice versus another choice on a ranking or
0: leaving something out. You went through the twelve of the age What was the hardest choice for you? So I I think to be very and I'm looking at my list right now. I don't I, I have one two three five six seven eight. Did I leave one off? Oh, I, I hope like not. I just pull it up to remember. I only no, have no, eleven you, you listed have, there.
2: You wouldn't have. I wouldn't have missed that.
0: That I, I must have. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. oh I, I did. You know what I missed? I so what's not on my list that would have been on my list is your mom. Yeah, oh, you see what it is. Number three has two things on it. When you want to go back in my email and, do, and recap your voting, the, I put two on one line: I the Patriots funeral and your mom calling in. Yeah, Get I noticed one that. vote, right. so you separate that. Okay, that, that I have, makes 4%. Yeah, so, I
2: have. I have an Excel spreadsheet of everybody's ranking. Yeah, I have it. For there you me. go.
0: So the first six for me, um, or really the fir- the spots two through six were tough to line up. Like to me, there was a clear number one in my mind because it just it encapsulates everything about this show. Um, then the next ones all were kind of equal, and I didn't know how to really line them up, and I felt like the ones that came in 5 and 6 were being slighted. But in the end, I, that the depth of this list is insane, and so it ends up more being like a compliment, I guess, to us for creating all of these moments that are so hard to push down the list, but they've got to go somewhere.
2: Yeah, and it should be noted that we have five of us, right? bogish myself, DA, Pete the Body, and Andrew Kaplan. Everybody, all five of our votes count equally. And basically how, taking behind the scenes and how I grade this out, is everybody makes a list 1 through 12. And I write kind of like a golf score, the number there. And if there is one that you didn't pick that somebody else picked, uh, you automatically, everything else after there gets a 13, if you will, because that would count afterwards. And basically the idea is you're going to accumulate this list and lowest total score would win. So for instance, Pete had something on the list at number two, and I'm not going to reveal what it was, and none of us had it as a 12 DA. So the rest of us, it, by default, graded as a 13, if you will. So to make sure Pete's vote still counts, that's how you would weigh those options. And if something got no votes and it's off the list entirely. What's crazy about the depth of this list, as Bogus alludes to, is there are there is only one of these where everybody voted it or three, at least three people voted at the same number, and that would be three people voted one candidate the number 6 12DA of Christmas. And other than that, the most you got were people voting something like somebody voted the number 1 12DA, it got two first-place votes. Like it, Maybe I'm doing a bad job of explaining that, but in other words, we are so all over the board, the five of us on where all these ranked, that it created a really crazy list, so... For those of you locked in, obviously Bogus said he had some some tough decisions. Da and I have been talking. A week from Tuesday, or I guess when we're taping this next week, December first will be we will play the first four out. Four, the first four out will be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of that that week. And then the following week, when we come back, that second week in December, we will have the 12 DAs kickoff for real. So any last fan votes any last you know conversation get at us on Twitter the 12 DAs are amazingly here shockingly here one of the coolest things we do on the DA show the votes at least internally have been tallied curious to see where you guys would vote or any kind of last minute hey guys you should reconsider this as we finalize the list please hammer us home get Andrew bogish on Twitter Bogus what's your Twitter?
0: Andrew Bogish
2: and my Twitter is at Miraaz so everybody have a happy healthy. Safe, fat, gluttonous, whatever you want to call it, Thanksgiving. Enjoy the time with those close to you. It has been an insanely awful year in so many ways. But you know, if you could sit, take the time, sit down, enjoy a good meal, have some good conversation, watch some bad football. Thanksgiving should be a treat for, for many of us. So enjoy it. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for